Right. And then everybody was anti Carol Baskin. And then I'm like, well, I mean, there's a bunch of us who were like, I don't know. Uh, she seems like she was a victim of this weird old guy that picked her up when she was like 18 or whatever. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she killed him. Maybe she, he didn't, she didn't, I don't know. This society loves to bash a woman any chance that it can get. So like, that's what I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Are we bashing women? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to the new season of The Keeg Live. I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, and we are here to talk about the best of 2020. I know it's tough uh, in a year like 2020. What's the best? But, like, uh, we know what the worst is, right? So, hopefully, um, well, first thing, hopefully, the sound is working. So, let me, yeah, okay, I can test my, I tested the sound. Anyway, point being is, there's a lot of things we can talk about, and I can't talk about it alone. Uh, it would be boring. It would uh, uh, would be not as attractive. Um, so I uh, invited my smartest, funniest, most attractive friends over for a sleepover, and they said, no, um, there's COVID. And so I said, okay, let's Zoom, but can we at least wear PJs? And then they said, Dimitri, you're being weird. And I'm like, can I... I can we do each other's makeup? And they're like, COVID. So, Zoom. Uh, let me introduce Let me introduce everybody uh, that's here. Uh, who is to my left or right? It's Jillian Dunn. Jillian, how you doing today? I'm well, thank you so much for asking. Uh, I gotta ask everybody, I'm legally obligated, so. Uh, <laughs> but I actually do care, how, you know, how your day's going. It's a Saturday, I don't know. Uh, there's light outside. That's cool. For us, yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to to hear what you have to say about uh, 2020. Uh, we already got people in the comments. We got, oh, Brent and Priscilla. Awesome. Uh, our number one fans. Um, they put emojis of thumbs up and hand waving. So we know they're there. We know Hi, they're guys. Uh, uh, lucid. Uh, but thank you for coming on the show, Jillian. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Below me right now, not below, not below me right now, you know, whatever. Ryan Peckinpah, right there. Ryan, yeah. how are you doing today? Good, good. I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm the only one who wore PJs. I thought you told me everyone agreed. Well, I mean, I wore PJ bottoms. Yeah, I'm not wearing any bottoms. That's how I oh. my PJs, yeah. Is it one one long shirt? Yeah, I Winnie the Pooh it. I I Winnie the Pooh when I sleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. It's freer. I I actually set up a small fan under the cover so I get a breeze on my bare ass. (laughs) Uh, Winnie the Pooh would have a bare ass. Exactly. That's a good pun. I get it. Did you did you mean to do that or? A thousand percent yes, because you can't prove that I didn't. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm glad. uh, I'm glad we got the pun master here. And below me, but to no, this way is Gil Barron. Gil, how think, you doing? I think what you meant is beneath you. <laughs> but, beneath, but then I'm going to be like, Ryan is beneath me. Uh, uh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, I'm here, out here on Minas Tirith, uh, hanging yeah. out. 
Um, you know, I, I was excited to talk today because I spent quarantine reading through a giant edition of all three Lord of the Rings books. And so I had to order my Gondor sweater and, uh, and I grew my Aragorn hair out and I have my crown. So yeah, yeah I'm here. I'm here representing. I'm here for the geeks. You, you look like right now, who do you look like? Is it some, I'm getting a flash of like. Robin Hood, but you not know what you're getting. Hood, but you're not getting, Robin Hood. What you're getting is the Princess Bride <gasps> and Christopher Christopher Guest in the Princess Bride is what you're getting. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's what you're really getting. Can you yeah. say Mowage just one time? <laughs> it's not. That's the wrong character. Quote. Good line. I, I like <laughs> to pretend other characters are other characters. I love that's Billy the, Crystal as the Princess the Bride. Is like my favorite thing. version. Billy Crystal's buttercup is the best. <laughs> that might be the worst thing I've ever heard. Wow. Yeah. The beard. That, too. Okay. That's so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're getting flashes of. But uh, yeah. I'm hope I'm hoping I can uh, live up to Aragorn a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, my tinfoil tin crown. My friends, you bow to no one. <laughs> I, you could have made up any name for what's behind you, and I would have been like, oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, as How do you know I didn't? Mm. Minas Tirith? Minas, Minas Tirith? Tirith, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I've seen the three Lord of the Rings movies. I've never read the books, and I didn't see The Hobbits. So. When I am read. I all, the- am I all right? Mm. <laughs> all right. What do I care? <laughs> I'm, just saying I, I'm just saying I had a good time and, you know, I got my, my fun swag that I'm going to be hiking around the world wearing my my Gondor sweater. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Jillian was saying that she just read the books. Oh, no, no. When I did read the books, though, I had to go through and make notes of all of the names and like nickname them so that I would remember each character mm. through J.R. Tolkien's. <laughs> what was the hardest one for you to remember? Oh God, I don't, it just all looks like vowels in my mind. Everything yeah. is vowels. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Aries13 in the comments says, watch the Hobbit cartoon movie. It's yeah. on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all right. I, uh, when I got my wisdom teeth removed, I started sneezing, but I couldn't open my mouth. So I was like sneezing, and then the doctor was like, "Are you coughing?" And I'm like, "No, I'm sneezing. It's not COVID. It's you pulled a tooth from my nose, right?" So like, <laughs> like ears. you have teeth in your nose? No, but like you know how like the teeth go. They're like you know what I mean. It's fine. It's fine. I don't need to know. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop talking about wisdom teeth. Uh, we got we got a lot to talk about as far as uh, stuff. I, I was telling you guys earlier is that even though everything got shut down and then restarted, and then I guess shut down again and then restarted again in 2020, uh, we weren't at a lack of programming, right? For a while there, I was afraid we would. Like that Tiger King moment where it was like, yeah, we're all watching Tiger King. Okay. Um, did you guys did you guys watch Tiger King? I did, and I'm never going to get that time back. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to have, like, that community of, like, hey, 
I'm doing something with everyone else, even though I can't see anyone else. And we all hate the same thing that I hate. Yeah. Uh, who watched it to completion? Right. Start Jillian. the tiger. You don't start it and not finish it. Like, even if it's terrible, yeah. you have to finish it. I just like yeah. the phrase to completion. <laughs> to, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, finish everything to completion. I had a, I had, I swear I had a Tiger King picture <laughs> here. Uh, but uh, my computer must have been like, no, no, get that away from me. <laughs> the first episode uh, was so promising in that kind of like true crime way that that's what I thought it was going to be like. And then it just devolves into just watching all of these wretched people living their lives and it's it it just became that needing a shower after bad reality television or kids you know where it's just like why why am i watching this why do we exalt these deplorables in our society it's right you know, i can't participate in this anymore so you know right and then everybody was anti carol baskin and then i'm like well i mean there's a bunch of us who were like i don't know uh she seems like she was a victim of this weird old guy that picked her up when she was like 18 or whatever. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she killed him. Maybe she, he didn't, she didn't. I don't know. This society loves to bash a woman any chance that it can get. So like, that's what I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Are we bashing women? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But she's, she's, a, she's a savvy person because she made that into like a longevity onto like other reality television shows. So re regardless of that, like she's doing her thing. Yeah. And the whole like getting away with murder thing too. Like you really got to respect it. <laughs> respect people that get away with murder. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to come out and completely say I'm for murder, but uh, I don't want to officially make that stance. I just uh, I don't know uh, what her ex husband was like. I don't know. You know. Um, but Joe Exotic though, what a phenomenon that lasted a week, maybe two. Who was supposed to play him in the in a movie? He still Nick is Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage and is yeah. it Christian Wig who's playing Carol Baskin? Oh, no. I can I can see it. Huh? Wow, yeah, I can see that. But Ryan's a big Nicolas Cage fan, right? Uh yes, yes, unashamed. Yeah. Uh, you think he's gonna do good? You think he's you know gonna no, do a good job? No, I think he's gonna do Cage. There is no good like Nicolas Cage and good. That that's it's not a thing. He he does Cage. If he's in it, he does cage. And it's either like super cage or not as much cage, full cage, lacking cage. It's just, it, it's cage. It's not good right. or bad. You need, to stop, cage. you need to stop thinking like a sheep. You need to start thinking like a cage. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the holidays. Guess, we get our yearly viewing of Family Man. <laughs> uh, I still haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. And I have it on Blu-ray and... You I have the Family Man on Blu-ray. Yes, I don't even have yes. the Family Man on Blu-ray. That's the weirdest Blu-ray you could own. Uh, <laughs> there's a story. If you like it's a wonderful life, if you like it's a wonderful life, you'll like the Family Man. Yeah. Uh, my ex, when we were together, used to talk about the Family Man, being like, "Oh, she likes that movie," and we never watched it together. And now we're broken up. Hence, why? Years. Yeah, it's your ex. 
She yeah. wanted to show you something she loved and have passion about, and you didn't want to watch it. Uh, no, it's not and that I refused you. It just wasn't anywhere. Head. You know that moment in time where, like, you can't find any movies because blockbusters have all shut down, and it just depends on whether it's on the streaming service or not? No, I don't know that at all. I've never experienced that. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I've never not had, been able to find it. a movie. Yeah, you got, I mean, you got all of blockbusters. You literally, like, it's not even a joke. You literally have all of blockbuster behind you. I do, I do. And parts of Hollywood video. It's, yeah. These are the remnants. These are the ashes of the before time. <laughs> um, so yes, I bought it. I I, I wanted to stream it because I wanted to watch it because uh, I you know I'd heard from her it was good and it was years after you know it's well it's now it's years after we broke up and so uh, I was like I can't find it on any streaming service and I don't want to pay extra to rent it because like renting it's like five bucks buying that was ten bucks <laughs> might as well buy it. So I bought it, but I still haven't watched it. So you still haven't you know. watched it. I don't think there could be a more random movie for you to just own on Blu-ray. I agree. I agree. I can't defend that, uh, but I do. I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> it's not like it's a uh, bad movie. No, but it's just like it's just not one you need on Blu-ray. That's like right. My, my, right. my buddies I aren't like... coming over to watch. Like, hey, man, you got Operation Dumbo Drop on Blu-ray? Oh yeah, I do. Thanks for asking. Like, yeah, you're the family man. I'd love to watch that in HD. I like that we're on the Keeg, which is the premier <laughs> geek talk show on the internet, and we've yeah. been talking Carol Baskin and Family Man. <laughs> uh, quick question: uh, You brought up Operation Dumbo Drop, Ryan. What was the other <laughs> elephant-related movie that came out at the exact same time? Larger than life. Larger than life. Okay. Thank you. Ooh. Yes. Billy Crystal, right? Billy Crystal Bill, and an Bill elephant. Murray. It's Bill Murray and an elephant. Bill Murray. Okay, you're yeah. right. Wait, which um, one had okay. Thora Birch? Monkey Trouble. <laughs> that was monkey. That wasn't an elephant. Nope, it was a monkey. <laughs> I thought it was Actually, an elephant. It would be really funny if it was an elephant and it was called Monkey Trouble. There were no <laughs> monkeys in it at all. I thought she kept an elephant in her backpack. It's a it's a monkey who's used to, to rob uh, jewelry. Ah, okay. <laughs> And I'm actually, this is not a joke. I'm actually friends with the person who wrote that movie. Oh. Yeah, you live in LA. I, I could buy that. <laughs> uh, which one's the movie where Dunstan checks in? That's home alone. I remember watching Dunstan checks in so many times as a kid. So Wait, is Thora Birch and Dunstan checks in? No, but a monkey is. Is there a orangutan. kid? Yeah, there's a kid and a it's it's Jason Alexander runs a hotel and his kid finds a monkey that I guess was trained by like the mob or something or whatever. Oh, some, jewel there's some thief. backstory. Rupert Everett is a is a sophisticated English jewel thief <laughs> who has trained his monkey to go into the suites of this hotel and pick okay. all of the most valuables. I mean it's it's you Orangutans are, are apes, by the way, not monkeys. Yeah, I know, and I'm sorry to all <clears throat> our orangutan viewers out there. Um, <laughs> uh, Jillian, yes, you. Uh, what? I mean, let's 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 take off the kid gloves, okay? Let's take it off. Uh, what were like? What were some like really good movies that came out this year uh, that you really enjoyed? 
Mm, that are geeky that really that i really enjoy i mean on this show geek is used very loosely like <laughs> fat we talk about fast and the furious movies those aren't geek but they're like blockbuster when it comes to blockbuster season it's whatever what what are what are some of your movies we're probably not talking queen's gambit here should i just write that one out mm. i love i love i i did love it and i also love anya taylor joy uh but i i wasn't even talking to you ryan <laughs> i'm just trying to pre mentally prepare myself i don't want to shoot in here with some queen's gambit and you're like dude wait no wrong show i didn't i didn't I didn't prep 20 pictures of Anya Taylor-Joy for nothing, <laughs> Ryan. No, I, okay, uh, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. Jillian. I, you know, it, but it's, I do feel like the majority of stuff that I've really enjoyed has been the streaming show format as opposed to mm. movies. Like I'm kind of struggling, and, but also like, it's been a year of absorbing a lot of content. So like trying yeah. to figure out like what, my favorites have been is is difficult because I'm just like trying to go back and the things that hit my mind are for the most part streaming shows because um, movies were hard to get because you know they're you know the experience of going to a movie we were robbed of so you know you're watching them in your house like I paid for Bill and Ted I, I paid for that and I thought mm -hmm. it was really fun I thought it was cute I like Alex Winter yeah. a lot um, and actually you know Alex Winter's Zappa documentary is fantastic. That's probably the most recent movie that I've just absolutely mm. loved. Um, yeah, a lot of documentaries recently. Uh, there was a documentary about the Jasper Mall in Jasper, Alabama, and I, I'm from Mississippi and Alabama, so that was really interesting to watch, and it's pre-pandemic. Um, but yeah, as far as like narrative movies, I'm having a hard time figuring out which ones I really, really liked. Because also you go back in time and you go to comfort, like what comforted you? Like, uh, right. I think I put on Royal Tenenbaums again, because there's something mm. about that that like is comforting to me and like, you know what's going to happen. And so you can, you know, you can therapeutically enjoy knowing something, you know? Yeah. Is so yeah. But if I think of one, I will, I will pipe up and say i really enjoyed this movie from 2020. did yeah. you see palm springs i did see palm springs and i and yeah 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 terrible. yeah it wasn't was terrible favorites yeah i really that was your favorite it was one of my favorites i i'm i'm a big comedy fan and comedies just don't get released anymore there's only a handful of them and really the only two that i can think of off the top of my head that were decent was palm springs and the king of staten island Ooh, what's the King of Staten Island? That was uh, Judd Apatow's movie uh, this year with um, Pete Davidson, who yeah. I really oh. thought I wasn't going to be able to stand, and I actually really liked him. Um, but it's him and Bill Burr, and it's just a it's, a, it's kind of a typical Apatow movie. Kid stuck in Arrested Development, learns a life lesson, learns how to love kind of thing. Um, but it, it was good. And in a time where comedies are becoming less and less in the film world, I it was nice to see two original comedies come out this year. How about yeah. uh, Who Be Halloween? <laughs> Is Nicolas Cage in it? Wow. Oof. No. Uh, that was that, that was, was a tough bad. one. That was, was bad. A, that, I haven't seen it. You that. watch I, it? Oh. I, I saw it. I saw it. I even prepped an image for it. So uh, <laughs> you know, if, so we, if we keep vamping, if we keep vamping, I Look, can finally yeah, use Jillian's my first point. image of watching so, comfort stuff this year. I mean, uh, I had a very strict schedule of like 
reading two pages a day of Lord of the Rings. Um, but like in my evenings to fall asleep to, I think I went through Deep, Deep Space Nine two and a half times. Wow. Yeah. You know, between this whole pandemic, I think I've watched Deep Space Nine at least two and a half times. I'm, I'm on season three again. I'm not watching anymore. Now I'm just, it's just kind of waving over me. It's washing over me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just ever present to be on that station, on that uh, beautiful space station, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were we going to talk about Hubie Halloween or were we joking about talking about <laughs> Hubie Halloween? He threw out the image and you're like, Deep Space. <laughs> I think it'd be great. I was like, ah, I got Dimitri, to like, wait for Dimitri to there, throw out the image to there something are people, and talk about something else. There are people who legitimately loved it. So, yeah, I didn't. I haven't seen it. So, I don't know. Well, it's weird uh, because I, I've seen a lot of the recent Sandlers and they're all not great, but there's some that are better no. than others. But if you look at Rotten Tomato scores, they're all in like the 8%. Seven percent, fifteen percent, and UB Halloween's like in a like a forty eight percent. So I was like, "Well, maybe yeah. this one's actually not too bad." And it's it's like damn near unwatchable. I thought uh, Netflix output has been pretty. I I I feel bad. I haven't really watched them, but I heard they were pretty good. Um, I didn't watch the 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 Western one because I heard that one was really bad. But the the Sandy Wexler I heard was good. Mm. Yeah. It's like not a bad movie, but it's not a funny movie. Okay. So if you're not trying to be dramatic and you're not funny, what the hell are you? Jewel Heist <laughs> movie. What was that one called? The one with Adam? Uh, oh, uh, Uncut, Uncut Gems. Gems. Uncut yeah. Gems. That was well, that was great. I, I didn't see it. Oh. It was really good. Where where can you watch it? Is it on HBO Max? Just buy the Blu-ray. Hold it for a few years. We'll talk I need about to. I need to date someone. I need to date someone who recommends it and not watch it with them, and then years later buy it on Blu-ray. Okay, that's okay. the plan. Uh, okay, I'm glad we sorted that out. Uh, I thought Hubie Halloween wasn't bad. Uh, I didn't regret watching it, which is a good sign for Adam Sandler. Um, I tried watching Little Little Nicky for the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got. 10, 10 minutes in and uh, like they're still on hell. Like they're still in hell when I stopped watching. So, okay. You gotta uh, keep going. You gotta keep going. You stop too soon. I could I see how to. someone watching little Nikki for the first time in 2020 as an adult human, it might not be good, but someone, I'm, I'm assuming the three of us, we watched it in our youth Yes. in the, in the Sandler heyday. And it's, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, I mean that's that's the end of the golden age of Sandler. Like that's yeah. like right after Big Daddy, right? Or maybe it's yeah. right after Waterboy. I think it, yeah, it was in between. No, it was after Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like Waterboy and Big Daddy are still in that golden age. You know? Yeah, it's like Mr. Deeds was the cutoff when you were like, oh, well, that was a misfire. I wonder if the next one's. Gonna I like be good. Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds, I like. But again, like, I'm I'm a guy who likes uh, Family Man and. And it's a wonderful life. So, like, it really, like, you know, hit hit those notes that I needed. The sort of heartwarming, okay, we're kind of learning a lesson here. Okay, so I can transition here real quick to a 2020 topic since we, we are moving away. <laughs> so it sounds to me like you really we're like We're going those, further like, and further into the past. That's okay. <laughs> you like those, like, heartwarming, like, just goofy, fun, lovable characters in, in right. movies and TV, right? Have you watched Ted Lasso? Yes. 
I haven't. Yeah. I mean, you guys can talk about it. Uh, I don't have uh, the Apple TV. Um, but yeah. Figure I, out I, a way to get Ted Lasso because it is one of the funniest shows of the year. And it is just like the most happy, positive show. And I was like kind of blown away by it because like Sudeikis has always been like the cynical comic. Really? He's like the guy. I think so. Like the characters that he plays, the guys who's always calling out everybody's shit. And like in this one, he's crafted a character who is like overtly positive about literally everything, even things that he hates. And it's so funny and it's so heartwarming and it's just, it's just delightful. And I highly recommend it. I I do have to watch, but you guys can talk about it. Absolutely. Go for it. I have not seen it, but I finally got the uh, picture up while we're talking about it, (laughs) you know? Uh, so, uh, for those of you out there, production quality is amazing this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, Ted Lasso. I have not seen it though. So, so this is a show where an American football coach, uh, gets drafted to an English football team, which is a completely different sport mm-hmm. and brings sort of an American sensibility to British football, which is soccer. But he's never even coached before. He's like been a coach of a, oh. like a minor, minor league team. And it's basically the plot of the movie Major League from the 80s, where he's brought in to lose so that she, the owner of the team, can sell the team and they can be terrible and she can make all this money. And it's a nefarious plot, but he, he's so good-natured and so likable. Uh, and, you know, you know the rest. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's very, very funny. Mm. He's also very good in Last Man on Earth. I really... Uh Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. He wasn't in it a lot. He was only in like like half of that one season, right? Uh, yeah. I think he got he got a couple seasons out of it. Yeah. No, yeah. I liked him on that too. I'm a big Forte fan. I thought of a movie that I liked this year that was surprising. Yeah. To me. Um, what's the actor's name who plays Drax on uh, Guardians? Bautista. Uh, Dave Bautista. Dave, Dave Bautista. Yeah. So he's in a spy movie with a little girl, um, and oh, I can't remember okay. the name of it right now. Is it My Spy? My Spy, yes. It is so funny, and Kristen Schaal is in it. And should I bother looking up an image for it? Does, no. Or, okay, okay. I think you should bother looking <laughs> up an image for what we're going to talk about in ten minutes, so that when we're talking in ten minutes, you can't use it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look up fan. I'm going to look up an image for Family Man. Uh, so keep talking. Keep talking about. Uh, my spy. My spy. But um, it, it's it's a fun comedy movie, and they take a situation where you have this uh, whodunit spy thing going on, and you have him doing his thing, but he's so good with the comedic dialogue. I actually, like, laughed out loud multiple times with some of the slapstick that they did in the show, uh, and it's the perfect amount of length, and I, I highly, highly recommend it. It's just a feel-good movie, because it seems like that's what people want to see, is they want stuff that's going to make them feel good. I mean, some people are binging Mad Men for the fifth time, and I totally understand that as well, but, uh, you know, I, if you want something good that you can just watch and, and react to, I highly recommend it. Mm. Um. Somebody on TikTok, because I'm on TikTok, uh, uh, somebody on TikTok who does movie reviews on TikTok, he was saying, somebody was like, somebody asked him, they were like, you think Dave Bautista is a better actor than The Rock? And he's like, yeah. And like, he gave his like reasoning why. And like, I think that's like, Rock always plays The Rock, but Dave Bautista has shown some range 
uh, especially recently, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, Drax is a very specific character, you know? Right. Yeah, he was in the Blade also, Runner, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? He was also yeah, in... New... What was it? With um, Kamal Jolly. He was in... Uh, Stuber. So bad. <laughs> I heard that <laughs> movie was bad. funny moments, though. It did... It, I went in with very low expectations because I heard how bad it was, and I love Kamal Nanjiani, and it just... I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I also didn't hate it when I was sitting there watching it. So bad. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, I think the Wait, worst Jillian, part you were about, about to talk about his acting a little bit. Oh, well, oh yeah. he has that voice that is so recognizably him. And I think that the, the talent that he has for stuff is playing stuff kind of like Leslie Nielsen, where he can be serious in, in dumb situations. And that's what's so funny. And he's just this big powerhouse of a man. So to have him say something that's so funny in that voice, <laughs> it, the juxtaposition is so great and he does it so well. And I think he, he's gotten more comfortable with his comedic chops too. So, uh, yeah. Maybe that's the difference between him and The Rock, but I think The Rock has a sense of humor too. He can make fun of himself. Yeah, jabroni. Yeah, but he Rock is always The Rock, though, right? Like it's always The Rock in whatever character. Um, Not but... the Scorpion King, though. The Scorpion King was a very <laughs> particular character. Uh, yes, uh, so I much nuance. <laughs> so much nuance in Scorpion King. Well, I mean. I think Black Adam is going to be kind of an unofficial sequel to Scorpion King, right? It's going to be a little bit of a remake. <laughs> in, in, in like a thematic way? Maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, they're both sort of Egyptian princes, right? Egyptian yeah. royalty Ish. and want to like destroy yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, what's cool about the Black Adam movie that's supposed to come out at some point, but who knows really? They say uh, they're I shooting... Still- he says they're shooting like that's he, yeah. he promoted it on that some good news you know some good news is back now oh john krasinski's john krasinski's <laughs> thing so he promoted it on that show and he had a script in his hand and he signed it and he gave it away to someone uh i still think that like half of the dc movies that are planned are just like let's do this movie we don't have anything yet but like let's tell them we do so well, there was a trailer. Get, like, Do you not remember? So one of the last it, movies. It was only I a logo, was, though, wasn't it? It was, but it played in theaters, and that's almost like a promise. Because like almost a can, promise. You can. It's almost a promise. That's the name of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It played in theaters, so I'm like, I was, I was confident that it actually might happen. But that reminds me of one of my craziest moments of 2020, which of course was DC Fandom. Okay. Oh, yeah. right? Right? It was an entire day sitting in bed, eating pizza, watching essentially Comic-Con happen, and Comic-Con online. All of those things were so insane to me because I got yeah. to do these things from bed, and it's almost and I got to see so many more panels than I ever got to see actually going down to San Diego. Uh, I don't ever want to do Comic-Con the same way. I never want to go down to San Diego again. Uh... Will conventions happen anymore? Like they have to, but like, what are the different? Like, how's it gonna react? Like, how's it gonna progress from this? You know, I think with every live event, there's going to be an at home component. I don't think anyone is ever gonna feel left out of Comic Con again. Um, I mean, part, part of my favorite, 
way that I experience Comic-Con just generally is I read the news reports on uh, Newsarama or CBR the day after anyway. And I'm like, oh, cool, because mostly that stuff is just press releases, right? It's, Gil, this is what we want you to buy in three months. And that's sort of like the general vibe of every convention. But I don't think I'm going to have to wait till the next day anymore. I think there's always going to be an online component. And even yeah. to the um, even to the the mingling, even to the 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 professional um, interactions, there's going to be you know um, portfolio reviews online. There's going to be um, you know e drinks that you can do uh, in addition to whatever happens live. You know, will will there be like a drunken hookup component uh, to to online Comic Con because? You know, I mean, it's a roll yeah, of the dice. Unfortunately, it'll, it'll only be with yourself, but that's Comic-Con anyway, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you uh, for that. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm surprised, and I want to just get this out of the way also because I have a graphic for it, so great. Um, because we're talking about, uh, we're t- talking about, uh, DC fandom, they had talked about Wonder Woman 1984. That movie was supposed to come out this year, or last year. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to come out in 2018, right? Do you smell toast? Is everything okay? <laughs> right. Uh, it was shot in 2018. It was shot in 2018. It was supposed to come out 2020. And it 2019. was early 2020. It's last week. Was it supposed to come out 2019? I think it was supposed to come out end of 2019 and got pushed but then, back and then accidentally got pushed back because of COVID and then back and back and back. Yeah. It finally came out. Uh uh, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this image. If anyone doesn't know who Wonder Woman is, and that's Wonder Woman. Spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. Uh spoiler alert, it takes place in 1984. I guess this is Go ahead. Is this picture a spoiler? Did I spoil them? <laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk about Wonder Woman 1984. It literally came out, what, five days ago, seven days ago. Uh, I watched it the day it came out. Um, and I had heard good... When they released the, the embargo on the, um, on the reviews, only good reviews came out. And then... Uh, like a day before, so like December 24th, I, I saw some mixed reviews. Uh, did you guys all watch Wonder Woman 1984? Yes. Uh, let's let's hear some unabashed thoughts. I'm let you... <laughs> Is that your thought, Jillian? It, I, I just, it had so much promise and I remember seeing the trailer uh, in the movie theaters five years ago and it seems so exciting and it was like oh wow they're taking it and they're putting it in the mall i really like that aspect of it and they're using comics from the the characters from the comic books that i'm excited about seeing together Kristen wig hell yes i love this and i don't i don't know what happened i i like (laughs) A story to me has like a very clear beginning, middle, and end. I mean, you want to talk Two Towers and and how boring that movie was as a middle part. To me, this movie just, it it wasn't, 
a fulfilling story. It There was so much promise then they could have focused on so many things that would have made it better. Like I would have loved to have seen this female relationship really take off. And it's almost like watching a mediocre Herald for those of you that know comedy. Uh, it just three different beats of just like, this'll work great. And then moving on to the next thing. Um, right. It was just like nothing, everything was a, a, a toe dipped in the water. We're going to introduce this and we're going to quickly move away. And, you know, I was watching it with my husband and he didn't remember the first film at all. So to have just a quick montage of pictures at the top of it and, and letting you get into the story that way, I thought was very unfulfilling um, and did them a disservice because he was 40 minutes into the movie and then was like, now she's Wonder Woman. Like it just, if, I don't know. It, Winter Soldier did a better job than this movie did. I'll just leave it at that. All right. So you, anyone who you, doesn't know, <laughs> Jillian has set fire to the internet by <laughs> several times by saying that Winter Soldier is the worst of the Marvel movies. She has said this. <laughs> what? Yeah, unabashedly. She makes no apologies it for this. No I'm sense. not kidding. That movie kind of got me into the Marvel movie. I was like not into them, and Winter Soldier was like, maybe I should take a second look at the rest of these movies. So her saying what? that it's worse than Winter Soldier, like, really means something. I I just felt like Winter Soldier was just so pedestrian in in the way that it was. You know, it was fine. It was fine. I don't think it's the best movie, and I just think it's really fun to like rile up, especially. It, the people that get the most upset tend to be the male nerds I know. So that's really fun. Um, not, not upset. Yeah, there was like, there was just a lot of promise in, in 84 that could have been delivered and it just, it, it didn't do it. And it actually to me was more anti-feminist than feminist with some of the, the jokes, I guess, that they decided to, to push in it was it just didn't make any it didn't make any sense to me that this was the same group of people that made the first movie and then i realized uh, a friend of mine mike rowe pointed out that it had different writers different uh, writers yeah and, and, and that's, oh yeah you know because the first one did such a good job i think of like at least getting you to feel empathy for wonder woman and for her plight even though there's some you know there's some issues with her being that, you know, nubile woman who needs a man to show her around and show her everything and then now she's she's made her promise to herself and she's a woman she's right. a better woman i think <laughs> i think that it's hard to get a handle on a character like that when your second movie takes place 60 years later right. like you know i think you know I, I, i'm a wonder woman fan from way back i love reading the books i've read the comics forever and and all of those versions of wonder woman really coalesce into one character for me just you sort of in the comics in that first movie you're absolutely right she's new to the world she's new to man's world she's discovering it she is our entry point character we're seeing the world through her eyes and i think that that really helped people to get it a lot because you know, I think World War One is a is a is a background we don't see a lot in movies, especially in geek movies. And I think that um, it really helped us to find a way in. I think it's really hard to say to that character, okay, well, here's going to be her next movie. So she has to take the lessons that she learned at the end of the last movie and have whatever her next character development is. But this is sixty years later. It's not it's not two years later, and she's like. 
oh, I have to kind of learn the same lesson again, or I have to learn whatever the next lesson is. It's a whole different person. So, you know, it's just, it's a really big puzzle to uh, play around with. I just don't understand. They had not only the, the full year that it took to make it, but they had a full year before it was released. How do you not go back in and figure out the problems? You have all of that time. They just gave 70 million fucking dollars to Zack Snyder to, to redo Justice League. You can't throw <laughs> yeah. a million, two million at, uh, at this movie to, to reshoot something, to rethink, you know, uh, you know, succulent CBD in the comments that talked about the romantic aspect of it. We all know what the problem is. It's very clear to us watching it that, you know, that that uh, there's a huge consent problem in the movie. Like, it's a big problem. That's the best thing about this movie. Finally, men are complaining about the way that they're objectified in a film. That's the That's right. best fucking part. Let me direct you to weird science. Let me direct you to a slew of other films where women have been saying, nom, 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 you know? And then guys are like, I don't identify with that. I don't care. But now you can identify with it and you can say, oh, okay, this is wrong. It makes me so happy. Makes yeah. me so happy. I see, I see uh, what you mean. I, I just, I have, <clears throat> like Succulent CBD says, uh, she was a bit disappointed, but she doesn't have the heart to bash it. <laughs> I feel that way. I, 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 I I, but I, I am going to bash it, but... Uh, <laughs> I feel like I don't want to bash it, but here goes some bashing. I, do, I don't want to. So I don't want to tell people not to watch it, but I can't bring myself to tell people to watch it. I wish I went in hoping that it was going to be amazing, and I wanted to be like, this is the movie to see. See this movie. This is the movie. And I, I can't do that, you know? Um, you know, my, my credibility will be lost, and I can't give that up. Um, uh, but there are so many problems with the movie. Uh, and yeah, if we're, if, if I'm piggybacking off the consent thing with, 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 with Steve Trevor coming back in the man's body and them just going about life with that guy. And I get like movies do this a lot, right? When they do body switching thing where it's like, you'll see the actor, the real actor, but not how he is in reality, right? Uh, so they did that with Chris Pine and they made sure to show us that it's not his body. Why couldn't they just bring him back? And right, they, it was like, already magic. It was already wishing. Why yeah. could it be weird science and the big light comes out of the closet and he comes out yeah. of the closet? Right. Uh, but not the closet part. But also, you, Chris right. Pine should come out of the closet. <laughs> um, but like yeah you could have just had him to appear and then when she gives him up imagine that moment if he disappeared sure. like that would have been better that would have been better what's yeah, the I point it didn't serve any purpose where they could have added theme and like what was the lesson they really wanted us to see Diana learning her I guess like what I felt the theme they were trying to get across was there's no easy way out. Like there's no simple solutions. Like yeah. you have to lead with lying love. is yeah. bad. And what? <laughs> lying is bad. One right. Lying is lie. bad. Well, I think, but I think they were trying to say cheating is bad. That's yeah. the whole prologue yeah. of the movie. There's no cheating. shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. Right. So that's what they were trying or they wanted to do. And it just doesn't really come across or doesn't coalesce. And they don't, 
yeah, I just think there were so many. I always come to a movie from the the point of view of theme, and I just th- think the the theme was so muddled here. Yeah, well, that's one of the problems I had with the movie. So I actually saw the movie only like two days ago, um, and I had already seen the slew of just hate for this movie. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to watch it because I've been looking forward to it. But now I'm going in with very, very, very low expectations. And I didn't hate it. I honestly didn't hate the movie. I didn't um, hate it either. Because I was enjoying it. Like for the first almost two hours of that movie, I'm like, you know, this is not as bad as people are saying. It's tonally very different. And for some reason, she only gets to be Wonder Woman like one time in two and a half hours. But I'm not hating this movie. She's but Diana. Then, She's Wonder Woman the whole movie. That's true. That's true. We get to the end, and I'll try not to spoil anything. We get to the end, and there, what I kind of saw. Uh, I I I think you could spoil it. Uh, Like it's really just us four talking. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) If if you guys are listening to this on the podcast or whatever, fast forward past the Wonder Woman talk. Or I I, I mean, I don't have to spoil. Like I'm just the ending where she has this like utmost faith in humanity to all do the right thing. And every single person on earth has to do the right thing at the exact same moment. There's a difference between an uplifting and hopeful ending and that ending. And I'm just like, this is the absolute worst fucking year to have her sitting there crying and going, the world is beautiful. Because I just did not believe that. I'm like, wow, you're sitting here telling me the world is beautiful while I'm locked in my house because people won't wear a fucking mask, because people don't care about each other, because people have shown how selfish they are this year, more than any year that I've been alive. But somehow, and I can suspend disbelief for anything else, but that ending killed me. You're then, right. It's it's no Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. It's not like the end of Elf, where the guy who does never believed in Christmas will start singing a Christmas song. Like, it, I'm never going to believe that James Caan is going to sing a Christmas song. But in that movie, hey, I felt it. In Wonder Woman, no. I did not. It all it took was one asshole, who probably would have been me, to not give up his wish. And everything goes to shit. And that, I just, right. I had such a big problem with that. And then as a writer, I just saw story issues. Like the fact that, I know it was to kind of placate the audience, that she just like, she turns the ship invisible and you're like, oh, cool. This is like a whole new world Aladdin sequence. When is this going to come back to be awesome? And then it never—it wasn't mentioned before, and it never comes back again. It's like, so what the fuck was the point of that? Those are the little things that I have issue right. with. I also had an issue with the right. fact that uh, utilized the trope of like, um, you know, for spoiling things, uh, her saving these kids in the middle of a highway. And it's just like, that kind of like we're gonna play on the maternal instinct that Wonder Woman has in order to catapult her into the rest of this film. I thought it was so trite, and and it also bothers me. You know, it's hard with these comic book films. I think when you have so much of a culture that's based in the comic books and in the graphic novels, and then you're trying to make them for mm-hmm. a medium like movies, like uh, you know, film, and you rely on your audience bringing in all that knowledge so that you can explain it away or whatever. And that's why, you know, I have an issue with Winter Soldier and that's why I have an issue with this film. You cannot rely on that with this medium. It's unfair to people who are watching it who don't necessarily read comics. And 
So like, again, my husband spent the film angry, like <laughs> very angry at the movie. Those kids, <laughs> Got, those kids well, are maybe the worst mannequins I've ever seen in a movie when was, they're doing the role. And like in my head, I'm like, you know, directors can choose what angle they shoot things from, right? <laughs> like, this didn't have to be a wide angle, super well lit, so we see all the mannequin hair. Like, they could have gone close up and done, like, a little handheld, something to disguise the mannequins. I don't understand. So bad. It's... Um, it's <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, they could have had a real baby or something in American Sniper, right? They could have, but they weren't going to. They, Actually, that was going to take a long time to shoot, so they didn't want to have an infant on set. Yeah, and the and sheep would have been... Yeah. to be around kids, so that would have been an issue. Yeah. To um, say one um, nice thing about Wonder Woman, to say one thing that yeah. I did respect about the movie, is I did like both of the villains, and I thought that you they were given enough that you could empathize with both of them which was also cool. And then you didn't have, I mean, I know that the, the cougar fight was a little off putting a little bit. The cougar fight. I loved that part. That was the best part. But I uh, like that you didn't have like this big giant marvel-y just boom ending of a fight with, it, it was like more like grounded and realistic. And because <clears throat> these two people had like, this backstory and this reasoning and this mindset that you could kind of wrap your brain around something didn't happen where they turn into the giant monster and she my, has to fight a Thanos type, that kind of thing. I right. like that. My favorite moment for the trailer and my favorite moment from that fight is something that I really think gets at the relationship between Cheetah and Wonder Woman in the comics and really Wonder Woman's relationship to every villain that she has is is Barbara, what have you done? And it's always like Wonder Woman's villains have so much more pathos because it's always Wonder Woman trying to save them in some way. See the truth. You don't have to do this. You're, you're going down a wrong path. I, I can help you. I'm your friend. Like so many of Wonder Woman's villains are people that used to be her close friends that have somehow like gone astray. Uh, Silver Swan is like that. Even Giganta in recent continuity is more like that. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, I just thought that was, that was incredible. So they really got that relationship right. I thought, even though the, like the mechanics of it were very cheese ball and kind of. So like, awful. The mechanics were, Oh, you speak Latin. Of course she speaks Latin. You guys are high level people that work at the Smithsonian. <laughs> like that is all. Right. And then this whole thing wrapped around, uh, like, uh, heels like why did they have so many jokes about so many things about heels. it was my so God, my wife was saying that the whole movie God, it was all awesome. she wants is to wear high heels that's all she wants i can't walk in high heels did i mention i can't walk in high heels oh i can't walk in high heels oh my God. Don't wear it's funny though, flats. we are what 20 22 years removed from she's all that and we're still doing the i'm hot now I can't wear glasses anymore. I have perfect eyesight, which makes yeah. me hot now. I love right. that that trope has existed still to this day. This progressive era with a woman director, and we still had that. I'm like, she's she can't. She can't pull off the glasses. Like, she's going to keep the glasses, and she's still going to be, oh, look, look, I can see. Fuck! Can we, 
give it to Patty Jenkins a little bit, though, that like maybe we have finally entered an era where a woman can make a mediocre movie and she's still going to make another movie that that making a mediocre movie is not a career killer. Like she's going to make a Star Wars. She's going to make Wonder Woman three. And we know that, like, you know, making just an okay movie or even a bad movie. Like, I think that's great. I think that's that's Mm -hmm. a big victory, I think. Yeah. Um, my thoughts about Wonder Woman, though, um, is uh, the Dreamstone itself just didn't like there were no rules. There were yeah. no rules. So it was hard. Me. What have I always said? I'm a continuity whore. That also applies to the rules of magic. Right. And so uh, 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 who was it? Was it Priscilla uh, that brought it up in the con? No, no, it was Brent. Uh, but they're they're together. So they're print uh anyway print uh said why is it that you can make nuclear weapon weapons just appear all around russia but chris pine couldn't just appear fair point Certain, yeah uh like some of the wishes brought things literally to life and then some of them were like weird roundabout ways to do it i mean they never the- did see the missiles they might have been you know missiles on the inside but white dudes on the outside you don't know <laughs> like there were people that <laughs> you don't know you see them as people but inside they're nuclear missiles come on oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. had, a, had a, an aspect of it it was a monkey's paw right uh i liked Haley mancini pointed out you know people being annoyed by the concept of wishes and she's like yeah it's very different from when thanos had a bunch of rocks that he wished on <laughs> he didn't. W- no, no, no. Because the the way Thanos's wishes worked is we didn't hear a phrase. We're True, used to hearing. Yeah. We you, you hear a phrase and you either get what you wish for or that phrase is taken out of context. Make me a sandwich and I'm a sandwich. You know, like they like we're used to that. But with Thanos, it's like I imagine what I want, so I get exactly what I want, and I can do whatever I want with that. I think there's two different rules to that you know yeah i mean there are some rules to the infinity gauntlet at all you know yeah um (laughs) also the denouncing of the wishes didn't make any sense rule wise because some of them went back in time and some of them disappeared i don't know so the whole dreamstone thing didn't make any sense also there's that side plot that lasted like 10 minutes where they go to the to the 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 indigenous guy's radio or place next to Radio Shack, but he's played by Ravi Patel, who first thing the the most Indian name ever. He's also <laughs> an Indian actor, uh, and he's he has a, a dread wig, and he's supposed to be like a Mayan like descendant. Oh, was that what he was supposed to be? Yeah, he was supposed to be a, and he was like. I thought it was supposed to be, like Bialian or vaguely no. Middle Eastern or something. I, that no. I didn't realize. he was supposed to be Mayan because that's where he got the book from, from his great great grandfather or something, and it just it didn't. I I I first thing it was an unnecessary scene. It was just for for Cheetah and and them to all meet up or Barbara and her to all meet up and then for her to like disappear once she realizes she has to renounce her witch. Okay, fine. 
I don't know. I had I I like some of the direction that they took in this movie. It wouldn't wouldn't be what I would have done, which is fine. They did some things that I wouldn't think of, like a nonviolent third act, I guess, uh, which is cool in you know if I think about it. But there are certain things I just wouldn't. Uh, you know what I? I would. Uh, I think the cheetah trans- transformation. You know what movie did that better was Tim Roth's transformation into Abomination in Incredible Hulk. <laughs> it was the same. Like yeah. sort of three beat, like I'm sort of very slowly turning into this thing that I want to be. Uh, but yeah. Incredible Hulk did it better. Yeah. Okay. So since you guys are, you guys are more versed in comics than I am. What is it with like the nerd trope in in comic books, where like the geek or the nerd or the outcast bookworm is the one who ends up turning evil? Because you have like. Like the Doc Ock, you've got the uh, Jamie Foxx in Spider-Man Two, you've got Barbara, you've got like it. It just seems well, like a. a to thing. be fair, I think that trope plays plays with heroes as well. It's not only villains that do that; it's also heroes. So, but there's just a long history of like the science accident or stuff like that, right? Right. Um, but you know, comics sort of have always been adolescent power fantasy. It's about teenage boys who feel no power wanting to feel power so i think the incredible hulk is always like the perfect distillation of it right right like it's it's this guy with no power who you know when he gets angry he gets out of control and can fucking rip people apart you know and it's the same thing with dr octopus or or green goblin or any of those characters what what ryan was saying though Doc Ock, first thing, Doc Ock uh, was mind-controlled by his own tentacles in the movie, first thing. Yeah, well, is, but you're saying comics, though, right? Uh, or, or in the comics, are you talking about the comics or the movies? Both. I mean, I've only seen the movies, but I'm, I know that it comes yeah. from the comics. Yeah, um, the movies are generally made by studios who are like, you know, they see a pattern and they have to repeat that pattern. Right. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Barbara, Jamie Foxx in Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Barbara in this movie uh, both had like a hero worship thing. And that was the problem. They were, it was hero worship for the point of like envy. Right. So that's their flaw is that they're envious and they want the power. Same that's with Riddler like, and Batman forever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's why in real life though, in real life, like Uma Thurman, now that nerds like geek stuff. Oh, poison Ivy. Yeah. Uh, um, now that geek mainstream geek stuff is, is like mainstream or geek stuff is mainstream now uh those same geeks that were picked on now have a little bit of like oh i know what's going on i'm going to be a dick about it i'm going to be a gatekeeping dick uh nerds aren't great at heart it just depends you know uh if you're picked on and you resent people for it and you're gonna take revenge that's like a normal human thing without superpowers you know so i buy it I buy that. It's just funny because the first Wonder Woman trailer, like last year or 2019, that you saw, it didn't show you who the villains were. Like it was just a bunch of quick cuts, and they showed you one like quick shot of Kristen Wiig looking like a nerd, and I was like, oh, she's probably gonna be the villain because she looks like she's the outcast. Yeah. And it just, I, it was, it's been established in that way that I already knew it, even though they were trying to keep it a secret. So I didn't know if there was some sort of reasoning behind that trope we are never going to get to anything else from 2020 <laughs> no. uh, we're just too angry yeah 
let's uh let's uh what what Gil, what do you what do you want to move on to? I mean nothing in particular. I look, you know, I got my whole list. There's so much cool stuff that happened this year. Yeah. Um there's nothing in particular I wanted to move on. You know, I mean, yeah, see we're talking about Linda Carter's cameo in the in the chat, yeah. which is completely non sequitur, made no difference, had nothing to do with the movie. I mean, it's nice to see Linda Carter, you know, looking yeah. great as always. But, uh, right. you know, I mean, I think I spent the two days after Wonder Woman came out being on Twitter, just watching anti-Semitism happen because, you know, Gal Gadot is Israeli and she being in a movie is very difficult for people. I, I get it. <laughs> Israelis existing is very hard for people. Um, well, she's playing Cleopatra, right? So she's playing Cleopatra, and people are upset about Cleopatra. I think there's such a weird argument around the Cleopatra thing because um, I think because there's clearly a segment of the population that is like Cleopatra. Egypt is in Africa. You need to have a black actress play Cleopatra. There's a history we we want to have that that is going to be sort of culturally whatever it's going to help uh and then there are historians who are like she was greek she was macedonian there are people going into real cleopatra's genealogy in a way that is so fucking nerdy and i hate it <laughs> and then there are people who are like even if even if you can call you know, even if Gal Gadot is part of it, and even if you can say her skin color is the same, then there are those people that that rant and rave about Israeli indigeneity, you know, who are like, no, wait a minute, she's an Israeli, which means she's a European colonizer. And it's all of this anti-Semitic, just fucking nonsense, but it's going to be it's an, an entire conversation. So once again, Gal Gadot's existence is a problem for people. Um, and, you know, the thing that I realized is that there's no one seems to have this problem with Natalie Portman, who was born in Israel, went to university in Israel, uh, didn't serve in the army, but she was a dual citizen, so she didn't have to. Uh, but I think the big difference is, you know, Natalie Portman doesn't have an accent. Well, Natalie got a lot of shit for the Star Wars stuff. So she had her time uh, under the sun of That's perfectly fair. talking. So yeah. again, she was like 14 years old too. <laughs> yeah. It almost killed her career though. You know, like it, it was, which is so, it's so crazy to me, but doing those films, she's been quoted as saying like, she was going, like her career was stalled. It was gone until the director for whatever movie she did next kind of took pity on her, I guess. And they worked together. I don't know. Okay. Uh, was that, that wasn't because she was Israeli. That was because no, but when Star I think Wars fans and their, weird things right, right? but i think any time that you have a, a woman that's being highlighted and you want to bring oh, them yeah. down egg, uh that it will be whatever they can whatever society can get at will get at so with god yeah. really um i actually just saw her in a movie triple nine where she plays a, a russian uh, woman in Atlanta, her her sister is Kate Winslet, who's in charge of a Russian mob organization. Um, and okay. it, it, no, uh, Casey Affleck's in it. It, it was fine. It mm. was uh, fine. But um, she barely spoke. A lot of her stuff was was cut out. And it, it you know, I think 
she's waited a long time to in her career as an actor to get where she is and she's very lucky to be where she is and that's what people should be talking about i think is this that you know she's been quoted as saying gal gadot was gonna quit acting because she was getting to a certain age she has a family she's like i, I don't want to do this industry anymore and then she got wonder woman and it lifted her up and so now she's finally getting the success that she deserves after you know plighting away in this career that is horrible to women so you know people are always going to find some reason to to attack women for whatever reason right. yeah don't don't search twitter for the letters idf it's not <laughs> it's not going to be good <laughs> um but we can move so, on <laughs> yeah uh, uh, Gil, you're a fan of Star Trek. Huge Star Trek nerd, yeah. <laughs> uh, this was a was... really great year for it. I mean, this is the first time since the 90s that we've had three Star Trek shows on the air at the same time. Um, right. And this summer, we even had, like, back-to-back, -back, we were about to get to the finale of Discovery Season 3, but I think between Lower Decks and Discovery, we had something like 26 consecutive weeks of Star Trek, of new episodes of Star Trek, which you, I don't, can't remember the last time. I guess it must have been since Enterprise was on the air, right? Since we've had 20-something yeah. weeks of new episodes from Star Trek. Um, and I'm really happy Discovery really found its footing this season. Uh, it really figured out what it wanted to be. They, they took the ship a thousand years into the future. There's some weirdness in there, like some of it doesn't quite make, make a lot of sense. But who cares? It's fun. It's Star Trek. Sonique was incredible. Um, they really yeah. solidified her as like, not that she wasn't the center of the series already, but she, but the the funny part of it, the, the thing that makes me laugh about it is watching the writing of it because they bend themselves into pretzels to make sure that she is on whatever mission that it has to be. Like there's yeah. always a scene in the beginning of the show of like, of Sonequa going up to the captain being like, you know it has to be me. I have to be the one going on this mission. It has to be because I have this personal connection. And it never makes any sense, but like, <laughs> but it's fucking great, you know? And yeah. she, she was great and Lower Decks was so funny. And so many people from our comedy community were on Lower Decks, uh, Tony Newsome and uh, Noel Wells and so many great people, Eugene Cordero. Um, I, I don't know whether I've told you, but like I became a Star Trek fan with the J.J. Abrams movies and I get it. And I know that like, oh, late to the game, blah, blah, blah. But then it made me go in and watch all the other. I forgive you. All that stuff. You know what I mean? Thank <laughs> you. However Thank you get you. here, as long as you get here, baby. Right. Thank you. See, my Star Trek sweater. <laughs> see, that's, that's the right attitude. Cause there's a lot of people that will gatekeep for, okay. I could easily gatekeep for any like superhero movie. I could be like, you know, uh, uh, I was there first or whatever, but uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, step into your Star Trek community. Have I ever you know? been a gatekeeper for anything? Have no, I ever no. behaved in that way in any? You're, you're almost <laughs> too relaxed. You're almost too relaxed sometimes because you're just like, hey, who cares about continuity? And I'm like, Gil, ah! I like, care you're about it, but I, I know, but I can't. I can't do anything about it. Right. Like, if I were writing it, I would remember the thing. But they didn't. <laughs> so what do I care? In the end, it's about that story and that theme that they're trying to get across. So am I enjoying right. that story, right? Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, what was that? Uh, 
I forget what I was going to say. Oh yeah, I started there. So then I went back and watched that stuff. And then, uh, uh, but I'm like super into Star Trek now. And it's like, you know. Have you got a chance to do your your DS9 watch? Have you done all Deep Space Nine yet? I haven't. Right, so that's going to be the next thing. Is Deep Space is Deep Space Nine better than Voyager? Yes. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Not not even a question. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If no one, um, if you guys don't know, Deep Space Nine is one of the first um, genre series to really use continuity and long-term story arcs as its main driving force. You know, Star Trek was always a really episodic show, right? It was the planet of the week, the whatever this conflict is. And um, when they started Deep Space Nine, they're like, all right, we're on this enclosed station. You can't just forget about what happened last week. You have to keep going. Um, and so it really was a pioneer in arc-based storytelling um, that is why it's become so popular on Netflix uh, in, as, it's, as it's gone into the streaming world, because unlike the original series or the next generation, you can't just, or even Voyager, honestly, you can't just pop in and just watch an episode and be done with it. You're watching an episode and it has its own self-contained story, but it's about this ongoing kind of saga going on. It's a, uh, it's great. It's seven years, you know, um, season three is where it really picks up. So if you're finding one and two to be pretty slow, it's okay to fast forward a little. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, I love continuity. So Maybe. Did, did I just hook you? Yeah. I mean, you said you said it. Well, look, it's a show. It's about um, it's a war show, right? It's the first Star Trek show to show like a a long term war storyline. There's there's religion. There's commerce. There's romance. There's all of this long term stuff that's very Shakespearean. There's betrayal. There's things about fathers and sons. There's all. There's so much. Ooh. It's a really deep show. I really love it. Uh, Ryan, are you a Star Trek fan? Um, no, I've seen a few. I've seen the, the Abrams movies, um, and I watched some of the Picard movies with my dad when I was a kid. Mm. Um, I was like like the only nine year old who liked Insurrection, I think. <laughs> um, but no, I never, I never watched. The, the only show. person of any age. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek has a lot going for it. They're gonna, they're having strange <clears throat> new worlds. That's the Piker. Pi, pi, Pike. Pike. Uh, yeah. Pike. What right. is Piker? So, is that a British, is that a British, is that? I don't know. I think it might be is that uh, racial? I think that might be a, a term for like, uh, for people from the 1800s or something like, oh, might be, okay. it might be a very old timey kind of insult. Uh, Or a colonial job. We don't know. So they're doing this show called Strange (laughs) New Worlds. And so if if anyone doesn't know, the original series back in 1966 had a pilot that did not star William Shatner. They had a pilot. They had a pilot that starred Jeffrey Hunter and Leonard Nimoy and Majelle Barrett. And Majelle Barrett, they had a female first officer. It was like uh, very interesting. And it was kind of darker than what Star Trek became. And NBC didn't like it. And I don't know if you guys know, but Star Trek was produced by Desilu Productions. Lucille Ball, right? So they said, 
no, sorry, we're not interested in this show. It's a little too um, esoteric. And Lucille Ball was like, give the kid another chance. I like him. I like this guy, Gene. Give him another pilot to do. And they recast the whole series and did some changes to the costumes and stuff and made a new show. And that's the show that you've seen. So Strange New Worlds is actually going to be the show that Gene originally pitched. Wow. So it's the record for the longest time between pilot and series pickup. Look at that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because yeah. they've made it, they've made it in continuity that that takes place before. So all Pike stuff takes place before uh uh Kirk, yeah. Kirk takes before over the Enterprise. Yeah. Yes. And you know, and Bruce so, Greenwood plays him in the Abrams movies, right? Yeah. Um, and in this new show, there's another actor I'm I'm blanking on his name. Uh uh Anson Mount. Anson Mount, who is he's really great. Um yeah. Ethan Peck is playing Spock, and Rebecca Romaine yeah. is playing number one, who is the the first officer that Michelle yeah. Barrett played, you know, fifty years ago. So uh, it should be really fun. It's, it seems like the mission statement of that show is to have a really classic style Star Trek show that is Alien of the Week. Let's go. Let's talk about our utopia in the future and, you know, the promise of humanity, all of those kind of uplifting ideas that Star Trek's been all about. And the current yeah. Star Trek is really more focused on like philosophical questions and it can be a little, a little darker and a little, a uh, little more interesting, you know? That's interesting because you, you look at shows like Mandalorian, too, that are new shows that are taking from kernels of previous storylines and uh, adapting them and, and making them current. Uh, so that, I wonder if that's going to continue to be a trend with uh, nerd culture and things that, that have been created in the 60s and 70s and then now, now updating them for new audiences. Like taking things... Well, because you're you're mentioning like Mandalorian is is bringing in characters that have been used in other TV shows, but also uh, the continuity of like that Star Wars gave up a long time, like with the right with the, um, legends, right? The expanded yeah. universe, right? That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was used to be called the expanded universe. Now it's called Legends because it doesn't. It's not. It's not in continuity anymore uh, with Star Wars stuff. But now they're, yeah, they're bringing in Thrawn or they brought in Thrawn for Rebels and like they have Ahsoka from from Clone Wars and Rebels come into Mandalorian. Let's talk about Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, uh, did you like it? I loved it. Wait, Ryan? Ryan hasn't watched it? Yeah, I haven't. It's on my, it's like the next thing I'm going to watch, but I have not gotten to it yet. I also wanted, it came out like every week, right? It, it wasn't like they dumped the whole series at once. Right. No, it's every week. Yeah. 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 So that's why I didn't watch it when it first came out because the first year, like last year when it happened, I was getting so mad that I had to wait a week. So I'm like, okay, I'll wait till the whole thing's done. And then I just, I haven't gotten to it yet. So yeah, that's uh, my contribution. I suck. Have I told you guys, have I told you guys that I love week by week stories, not binging because I want that time to think about it, to look forward to the next episode. And I think that TV culture you know runs you can on take that, that discussion. Time, right? What? Like you, you're you not required to binge if it all comes away. Ryan, you know, how is he supposed to do that? That's the, How is that possible? If I, Nick I, was I, right I, there. I, I apologize. That's nonsense. You're but being I nonsense. I can't take a week to think about my comments. <laughs> I, I apologize. I can't talk about it. I can't look anything up. 
because I'm I would be af- I'm afraid. So Daredevil comes out and they release ten episodes, thirteen episodes all at once. You can't talk about episode three. Not everybody's watching at the same pace. It, it it just doesn't work as a TV culture sort of thing. You can't discuss it, you know? Well, that's what now anyway. Like, people have spoilers all over the social media now, right? Like, so you have to be careful because if you don't binge it, you still know what the ending is because people have been talking about it for three days or whatever. Right, right. So I like to watch these when it comes out. Like, Discovery Thursday, uh, Mandalorian Friday. I watch it, boom, boom. Wow! I get it. God, Discovery yeah. is so good this season. It um, is, yeah. It's re- it's so much better than it was last. Season. And I like the last two seasons, but they, they really figured themselves out this year. Uh, not to take it back to Star Trek, um, but but yeah, I mean, it's just funny because when something like Daredevil would drop, you spend an entire day or day and a half in Hell's Kitchen, like that's your mind right. for a whole you know day or so. And right. yeah, I, I, I agree that there is something that we gained. Uh, back in our humanity by waiting uh, a week now. It also made, it made quarantine go, like, it made sense for this. I agree with you. I I have the same kind of schedule of, like, I know Tuesdays is going to be when the DC comics drop. I know Wednesdays is going to be when the Marvel comics drop. And I know Thursday is going to be when Star Trek drops. And it's like, okay, I have kind of a set schedule now. And it really has helped the weeks go by. Right. Uh, Jillian, were you going to say something? Oh, I just realized Rosario Dawson's in like three huge chains. Like she's in Daredevil, she's in Star Wars now, and then also Kevin Smith uh, with Clark, uh, not, what was it? Uh, the, the uh, universe? Stay in Silent Bomb, <laughs> Strike Back. Uh, Cler- Clerks 2. No, Clerks, oh, 2. Clerks 2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. She's in three three franchises. Yeah. She's working. Uh, I Man mean, if Black? you consider it a franchise. Oh yeah, she's a yeah, 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 yeah. What? She is she still dating Cory Booker? I you don't. know, I don't know her love life. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, this isn't the gossip cast. <laughs> I, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't entered into you. The, my the, my mom would know. My the mom key would know. access online or, or yeah, key Hollywood. <laughs> um. Uh, with Mandalorian, now I can't spoil anything. Ryan, why? <laughs> well, if you, I can mute it, and then you can just wave your arm no. when you're done. We just act it out. We act it out. Yeah, put me and Ryan in the uh, in the waiting room. <laughs> I will say without spoiling anything about Mandalorian, one of my favorite parts was the sound design for it was in such homage to those spaghetti westerns and to like Sergio Leone and like I just loved the way that they made the world feel with with their design. I, I absolutely adored it. And it just gets you in that mood. It gets you understanding right away what kind of story you're about to hear or see. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, I, I loved it. What what Star Wars is doing now is what Marvel did amazingly uh, 10 plus years back is like, first thing, a singular visionary. So John Favreau, also working with Dave Filoni. And John Favreau seems really easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Though, uh, the reason there's no Elf 2 is because Will Ferrell and John Favreau didn't get along. <gasps> Shut up. No yeah. way. John Favreau's like the Jewish father everybody deserves. That's so 
hard to hear. He, he's you guys watched nice his show, his chef show on Netflix? It's so good. So good. Oh, gosh. Love oh, it. it's so good. Because he does these interviews with all these amazing people. Uh, on Chef, he even had like a whole round table with all these Marvel people, and you got all these weird like Marvel tidbits too. It's definitely worth checking out. Like whatever interview you want to see, and he's always cooking things, and you see him like learning how to cook, and he's a guy who like really wants to perfect it, so he's asking questions the whole time. It's yeah. great. And he and Roy Choi together, just uh, dreamboat, love it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll check it out. But um. Like John Favreau is really easy to work with. He's working with Dave Filoni. You know, each episode's a different director. Robert Rodriguez does an episode this season. And oh, like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's such a cute video of Robert Rodriguez playing guitar to uh, Baby Yoda <laughs> puppet. And the Baby Yoda puppet's like, like on a rock. Just like sing, like dancing to it. It's so cute. It's so cute. Uh, Robert you Rodriguez. You yeah. puppet, and you're excited. I have a very. It's so good. It's, yeah. Who would win in a dance off, Baby Groot or Baby Yoda? Baby Groot. Baby Groot has like more moves, you know. <laughs> but Baby Yoda's got the ears. Yeah, but like he doesn't move that much, you know. Yeah. He doesn't need to because you can use the force with your mind. Why would you move? Yeah. Isn't that baby 50? Yeah. Like, stop trying to be all cute. You're 50. Say <laughs> <laughs> oh, louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Act your age, baby Yoda. <laughs> um, I, won't, I won't talk too much more about Mandalorian other than like uh, Star Wars, like. They, they, they said, like, all these new Star Wars shows that are supposed to come out, right? And I have faith because they finally have a singular mind behind it. And I say singular loosely. John Favreau, Dave Filoni's pulling a lot of weight. But the point being is that uh, I, Mandalorian Season 2, watch it. Ryan, come on. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I promise. Okay. Um, just because... Uh, 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 they uh who brought it up who brought queen's gambit up i know that you said you wanted to talk about it uh which because that came out of nowhere and i prepped an image for it so um uh, oh, well, we're gonna really talk about stupid it. making a joke about a show i didn't watch and can't discuss huh what <laughs> okay i'm just gonna put the image up because i already you know uh, my wife watched it and she said she didn't think i would like it so i didn't watch it oh um uh, uh, Brent in the comments says there was a lot of talk lately about how they were trying to pitch Queen's Gambit for 30 years. It was, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been a, a long time. Pitch. 30 pitch years. Yeah. A period piece about chess. That's going to be a hard thing to sell to anyone. And I don't think anybody other than Netflix, Netflix probably didn't even realize that they were going to get that reaction. That was probably right. a surprise to them. Like They were like, we could probably recoup our, our finances, but the fact they got all of those viewers is probably a surprise even to Netflix. Right. Um, well, Netflix Netflix became the go-to place for, like, people putting movies on during quarantine, right? Like, mm -hmm. Old Guard came out, and, like, Ava... Old Guard was already going to be a Netflix film. Oh, was it? 
That was oh, pretty okay. early in quarantine. I'm pretty sure that was already. And that's uh, that's Greg Rucka, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, right. Yeah, no, uh, Queen's Gambit. I still haven't seen it. I'm I'm waiting for the sequel, Queen's Checkers. Oh, my God. Gail. Queen's Stop. Kingmate. Stop it. <laughs> I have a about Netflix. So did any of y'all watch Money Heist? Uh, is that, which one's that one? Well, it, it's an Italian show, but it's Netflix oh. property. But it seems like it was made in Toronto. Like, I can't figure out if it was a show that Netflix bought, and then now it's a Netflix property, because I've seen a lot of those lately. Um, right. I love the name Money Heist. You know what my favorite <laughs> restaurant name in the world is? Is Wood Ranch Grill. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> That's just three words. Wood Ranch Grill, man. heist. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're going to do a heist. <laughs> a money heist. <laughs> uh, I got that confused with Tower Heist, which I finally watched. That the was Stiller, Eddie Murphy, you know, like... Yeah, it, was, it was, it was all right. It, yeah. uh, I can't talk shit on it. It was whatever. It filled the time, you know. Um, but no, money... Uh, the, like Netflix buys a lot of like international content and then slaps their like Netflix original on it. Yep. Uh, and, and they do that with Arrested Development. Like, yeah. So if they get the rights to it, it's a Netflix original. Right. Right. Okay. I see. Right. And you you want to believe that Netflix original means it's produced by Netflix, but right. really it's just uh, distributed, I guess, yeah. or whatever. But Okay. Um, come on, Ryan. You set me up for Queen's Gambit, and I got an image, and I put it on, and and now yeah. you... We yeah. just talked for a while around <laughs> Queen's Gambit. I feel <laughs> like your image has been sufficiently put out there. And I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, given, given the time that we have, uh, I'm trying to see... Did any of you guys watch Soul? Yes. Yeah, I did. Did you guys like it? Yes. I thought it was okay. I'm a huge, huge Pixar person. And I was so excited for Soul. And I thought it was just okay. It it didn't really move me emotionally like most Pixar movies did. And then I have kind of a big writer's issue with it that I won't say. No, go ahead, please. What did they say? They, the theme, so I kind of do the same thing as Gilda's. I kind of look at movies through theme because I am a writer and that's kind of how you need to start. You need to have some sort of meaning. It can't just Yeah, what are you trying to say? Either. Yeah, and I didn't feel like Soul had much of an idea of what it wanted to say. At the end, it's kind of like, yeah, we need to embrace the little things of, of life. Like, okay, good, we started there. But then everything else felt a little bit disjointed in getting to that theme. And they're building up this character, the Jamie Foxx character, and they're building him up as he, his entire dream, his entire life has been to perform with this troupe. And he can die a happy man if this happens. But then through the rest of the movie, it's showing how great a teacher he is and how teaching right. might actually be his calling and how he right. saved so many lives. And the guy's like, I was going to quit music, but because of you, now I'm in this band and I'm returning the favor. I'm like, 
here's what it's going to be. It's going to be his the, the the button that they get or whatever. Spark. It's going to be his spark. His spark was going to be teaching. And right. I was waiting for that, and it. I kept calling happen. it. I kept calling that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so why did they set that whole thing up only for it to just not really matter at all? I'm with you. I felt that way too. I watched it. I got to the end. You know, it's supposed to be about the little things. And then I'm like running through it in my mind. And I ended up watching it again just to be like, was he a person who didn't appreciate the little things? Like he was ambitious. He had a goal, right. but he was teaching. He was going to take that job. It's not like, it's not like he wasn't going to take that job. Right. Yeah. Um, he does private lessons with, with the little girl. Like he, he never would have really, quit. Yeah, he does appreciate the little he, things. Exactly, and it wasn't set up that he didn't. Right, I agree with you. Kind of. So I think as a movie, it was good, but it did not feel up to Pixar standard to me as, you know, in the writing aspect. Whereas, like, I think that, like, people have been calling it kind of like a philosophical sequel to Inside Out. I think Inside Out was perfect in its writing. I think Coco was perfect in its writing. I love those movies, and I thought Soul just kind of missed a lot of opportunities but unlike wonder woman which missed a lot of opportunities i still enjoyed soul it's it's a much closer miss it's yes. still it's still yes. on the board it still got to the dartboard yeah it just didn't hit a bullseye Art <laughs> yeah. can't be teaching because we don't want children to watch that to become teachers because of how <laughs> badly we treat teachers in this country. i know I know. I thought well, of that too. Yeah, the, the most vague idea of appreciate life. Okay, like you know, drive around. Oh, isn't that street lamp beautiful? Okay, right. just those sort of the vague idea of appreciating. Okay, I'll appreciate. And I was like, there's a there's a weird line that they might. I was worried that they were gonna walk here. That like they were almost insinuating that like those who can't do should teach. And I thought he was actually going to fail as a musician and then realize that teaching was his calling. And then I'm like, wait, we can't do that message either. No. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Slow down, soul. Yeah. So I think I know that there was an issue with teaching, you know, being the it's hey, it's OK to be a teacher and you're actually really important in the grand scheme of the universe. But they didn't really hit that mark. And yeah. that's 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 unlike Pixar. It was. Yeah. You're bringing up a lot of thoughts that I haven't thought about since I watched the movie. So any anytime like a montage happens, I cry. Like I cry like that that <laughs> final montage, I cry. I just I cry about like montages about like love or appreciating life or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. So like when Rocky is like punching the giant like beef, like you're just you're just weeping. Uh no, no, not like that. But in Armageddon when Bruce Willis, uh, it flashes before his eyes of the future that he will never see. <laughs> ah! I'm, I was ball. I, I ball every time. I can watch it right now. I would be crying. Um, Jillian, uh, were you about to say you've never seen Rocky? I've never seen Rocky. Oh, you got to see Rocky. You know it's you a romantic. See Rocky. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not an action film. It's a romantic movie. Oh, it's a rom drum, right? Is what? He, did he win an Oscar for Rocky, or was that the other one? Mm -hmm. Okay. There's well, another for writing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not that you would not want to see it only because it's romance, but like it's not what you might think it is. It's not just a sports movie. It's not just dumb like whatever hitting. Like it's a really deep movie. Most yeah. people that I know who have not seen Rocky, their immediate instinct is like, I don't like boxing. And my response is like, there's of the two hours and like twelve minutes of that movie. I think there's like 
four minutes of boxing in the entire thing. Really? So it's all about him pursuing Adrian and him finally getting his shot. And it's so much about this great underdog story. Oh, I just love it. Yeah, Throw any Rocky movie on screen and I'm uh, you got me for two hours. Mm -hmm. If you are ever, if I'm ever on the lam <laughs> and you're trying to catch me, like play Rocky just on any television, you'll find me. You'll, I'll be <laughs> Rocky. Yeah, I love both of them. Uh, do you guys like Creed? Did you watch Creed? Creed is brilliant. One and, one and two. Brilliant. Creed is one of the, the few, like, spin-offs, I guess you could say, of, like, non-comic book fare that I think did well. And obviously, all of that has to do with Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. Um, yeah. Because they knew exactly what to do with the character. It wasn't just, like, for the sake of being the name. You know what I mean? Like, some, some of these movies right. would be like, Oh, Rocky was popular. We can capitalize off the name and we'll make money off this. It doesn't have to be good. It's Whereas right. like Googler really cares about the actual like content of his movie. Both so that good. it's original such a good and that it well yeah, he wanted it to be original and he wanted it to also connect to the Rocky movie. And it was perfect. Oh, it's thematically perfect. It's um well, I just think the Rocky franchise is so funny. It's such a weird outlier, right? Because <laughs> it goes from being just a drama into this action franchise and then comes around the other side and is just a drama franchise again. And you're like, w in what other world is there just drama <laughs> franchises? Like it's not just it's not a sports movie. It's not the Mighty Ducks 3 or 4. It's not just like now he's going to box the next person. It is what's going on in this person's life. Who has died now? You know, how does he get through the loneliness now? It's like, that's, the, it's a, it's a really, it's a drama franchise. That's yeah. so unique. It's like if the know. Joy Luck Club had seven movies. Yes. The movie was the Joy Luck Club. And then in the middle, it was like the Joy Luck Club meets Rambo. And then at the end, it's like the Joy Luck Club again. It's a very weird arc. Yeah, you follow every character in Joy Luck Club on their own journey. You get the, the whole, and then you end with like a Ming Na, like, uh, you know, spin off. It's great. Rosalind Chow shows up at the end just as like a surprise. I'll watch that. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, speaking of very similar things, is the trilogy of Before Sunset, right? Yeah, you're right. Like, that's such a weird outlier of a. They did a trilogy. Not only was it a trilogy of romance movies, it like it was 10, 10 years between each movie. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, my favorite yeah. line from those movies is that, that baby, you're gonna miss that plane. <laughs> oh man. Oh, a bunch of romantics. Oh, for sure. As long as there's continuity. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, where does Cobra Kai fit in? Ooh. Oh! Well, we got to get into Cobra Kai, yeah. but I just thought of another drama franchise is The Hustler and The Color of Money are sequels to each other. They're like 30 years apart. Uh, I think for franchise, you got to have at least three. Okay. It's fair. I'll take that. Okay. Uh, right, Ocean's, Cobra Kai. 11. Cobra Kai. Ocean's 11. Anyway, uh, Cobra Kai, I haven't watched. Okay, I haven't watched the new season. Because it just came out. The new season got was supposed to be released next week, but it got released on the first. Uh, they were like, it's too good. Have you guys good. watched Cobra Kai? 
I haven't seen Karate Kid, so I'm behind. You okay. you almost made I've me do Karate that thing Kid that people do when you say that you haven't seen a famous movie, and they're like, "What? You haven't seen this movie? Oh my god!" I I almost like literally did that with like there, there's like three movies I like. If you haven't seen Back to the Future, if you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption, those are like the two that I get that like high pitched. What? You almost made me do that with Karate Kid. How did you have a childhood? and or a television without the Karate Kid ever just coming on. I played outside a lot. Oh, see, that's the difference, yeah. She was the actual, she was the actual Karate Kid. <laughs> I was. Like, you were doing it for real. You didn't have to watch it. I only saw the next Karate Kid, which was the gender-swapped yeah. uh, The Hillary Swank one? The Hillary Swank one. That's the only yeah. one I ever saw as a kid. My brother swears we watched the first one all the time, but I don't remember it. Yeah. I've I've seen the first of each of the reboots or whatever you want to call. It. So I've seen Karate Kid one. I've seen the next Karate Kid, and then I saw uh, Jaden Smith's Karate Kid, and then Cobra Kai. So That's right order though, right? They're all in well, there's, you're actually only missing like two movies in there. You've seen yeah. almost all of them. <laughs> yeah, Karate Kid two and Karate Kid three is the ones I'm missing. I see. Are those reboots all in continuity? Uh, Hillary Swank's one is in continuity with the Daniel uh, uh, LaRusso movies. There's three Daniel LaRusso movies, then the Hillary Swank one. That's all in the same continuity because they have Mr. Miyagi. And uh -huh. then the Jaden Smith one could technically be could technically be the same continuity. We never know because it's different characters, but in China. But Jackie China. Chan is Miyagi that time, right? Is his name Miyagi? Is it? I never saw it. I thought he was Miyagi. That time, they I don't know. Some shit. Was but I just he, accidentally he, racist? No, no, because what we we assumed uh, we assumed he was Mr. Miyagi. So I don't I don't know. Um, but Miyagi is a Japanese name, and yeah, and he's not Japanese. No, it's Mr. Han. Mr. Han. <clears throat> yeah, but he's the archetype of the teacher. Yeah, the, the mentor. Yeah, so uh, uh, that 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 Karate Kid could take place in the same universe. We don't know, uh, but who knows? Uh, but Cobra Kai seasons one and two, uh, I binged it during quarantine. Again, all these shows I've watched so much during this uh, uh, in twenty twenty. But Cobra Kai season one and two, it just gets crazier and crazier. But it, like in a good way. Basically, the premise is. What if these kids are part of a gang, but the oh, gang yeah. instead of, yeah, but the gangs are based around karate dojos. So each of these dojos is like a gang. Isn't that you what the I mean? original movie was though? The, like the, um, the snake kind dojo of, yeah. or whatever it was, was the Cobra like, Kai. bad kids. They all like yeah. went to the same dojo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's very like, it's very like, they all go to the same high school. So it's like, they're all just gangs in the high school. But there's continuity because there's a person from Karate Kid in them, right? Oh, all the, like most of the characters from Karate Kid are, uh, are in, uh, uh, Cobra okay. Kai. It's all the same thing. Basically Cobra Kai's premise is that the bad guy, uh, uh, the bad guy from, um, Karate Kid One, the bad kid, wasn't that bad of a kid. He was just on the wrong path. Like it was him and Daniel Larusso is the bad guy, kind of. Oh, we got a raid. 
What's up? Uh, it's Tom. What's up, guys? Thanks for coming in. We're talking about Cobra Kai, but don't spoil the new season. Um, we got an influx of people coming in and watching. Um, so, I haven't watched yeah, it so either. The, yeah, but it's it's definitely worth watching. It's it's kind of cheesy, but like it's not bad. But it's cheesy all. in that eighties way, as paying homage, yeah. to it, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I haven't watched the new season, but I should probably watch it. I'll probably watch it after this. You gonna I'll, binge you know. it? You gonna binge? Uh, I don't know whether is it bingeable. Or does it come out? Of course, it's bingeable. I, it's Netflix. Well, it's, well, it's always. Of course, it's bingeable. Not anymore. Binge, binge that. Not shit. anymore. Yeah, uh, Netflix isn't doesn't always release their seasons all at once. Uh, okay. Especially now, they're kind of backing off of that. That's what I think. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. All right. What else are we going to talk uh, about from twenty twenty? Oh. We're going to talk about some comics. We got we had so many comic book events. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and for anyone who who is watching uh, that doesn't know the comics that we're talking about, feel free to ask questions because 2020 was interesting uh, in the comic world where uh, they they stopped making comics for for a little bit for like a month. Then, yeah, and then they had to figure out when to release the comics that they had, and then they got back into it. So there was this weird kind of shuffle, not to mention that DC Comics left the the a distributor uh, Diamond Distributions. Is that what it is? So DC Comics and Marvel Comics used to all come out on Wednesdays. Now DC Comics comes out on Tuesdays. Marvel comes out Wednesdays. And uh, it's changed everything in my life. My life used to like I used to know Wednesdays was comic book day. Uh, right. I'm reading so much more than I ever did because I have time to. Um, Tuesdays I read everything DC. Marvels I read on on Wednesday I read everything Marvel. So I'm reading yeah. everything right now, which I've never yeah. I haven't done since they used to sell comics at Costco in those big packs at Costco. Do you guys remember? I I don't remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I I wish I wish I remembered, but I yeah uh, I'm yeah uh, so all their events got like mixed up. Swords of X, which is the X Men crossover uh, event, got like delayed and then kind of kind of shifted around. I did and not then, think it was going to be good, and it surprised me about halfway through. I was so yeah. bored at the at the beginning of it with all the collecting of the swords; like it just felt so yeah. dumb. And yeah. then, and then once they got into the tournament, I was like, I am in. This is coming right. from somebody who just read all the Lord of the Rings shit, so that's saying something. <laughs> It was boring. <laughs> Collecting the swords was so stupid because it was like, I guess there's a lot of fucking special swords in Marvel. Yeah. Okay. When they do a crossover like that, are they using half DC writers and half Marvel writers, or is it a whole new? Oh, it wasn't a DC oh. Marvel crossover. Oh. Yeah. That was just it was like, a, an like X, a. It was just like the an X Men crossover. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel crossover. That's interesting. Yeah. How did that work? But last oh, uh, time that they did JLA Avengers way back when, they just had Kurt Busiek just write the whole thing. Yeah. So he just wrote it as like one big miniseries. And the time they did it before that, J uh, DC versus Marvel, they did do that. They did sort of, I think, two or three writers uh, and two or three artists that kind of switched off between issues. So, yeah, that yeah. is right. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, Action Swords, you know, I think coming out of it, I think we're in a really good place. I'm really excited to see where X-Men comes next. I think before that, before it came out, they were talking about, like, big storylines for Storm, which I was really, really excited about. I love Storm as a character, one of the most powerful characters in Marvel. I, It's so weird to me that she's never been an Avenger. It's so odd to me. Um, right. But, like, they tease, like, there's going to be a big storyline coming for Storm. Uh, and after I read X of uh, Swords of X or whatever it ends up being called, yeah. uh, I was like, oh, was that it? Because she had like some very specific moments with like right. w- going to Wakanda and confronting Black Panther and all this stuff. Whoa. It was great. Um, and I was worried that that's the end of it. But I'm hoping that they have more stuff in store for Storm yeah. in 2021. She had that moment with that, uh, that jackal headed guy. Um, and then she killed him. Right? Yeah. Or something like that? I think. Huh? Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, basically, Ryan, uh, for, for the, the uninitiated, the uh, there there is this, like, reboot. It's not a reboot, but, like, kind of a restructuring of where the X-Men are in the Marvel Universe. Basically, the X-Men create a nation, uh, an island nation, just for mutants and only mutants can go there okay and so um by the way <laughs> i i was so pissed the other day in that la uh comic book uh network when the dude was arguing with me about the israel stuff with with wonder woman and there was a, i didn't want to like go into this other conversation but if you don't see the parallels to the establishment of the state of israel in X-Men comics right now, if you don't get that a marginalized people is, 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 has their own nation for the first time in history, and that that's very special, and that's an allegory for what happened in, with Israel in the 1950s, then what the fuck are you paying attention to, right? Am I, am, is it just me? Am I crazy? Yeah. No, I mean, isn't that, wasn't that obvious? Or do people It seems pretty that? fucking obvious, but I didn't okay. want to bring it up. I didn't want to... Okay make that conversation longer. You than. threw down your crown. I you looked at, is crown. this you being reserved? <laughs> you threw down your crown and you're like, all right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so X-Men, all the mutants have that. And like, uh, 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 and, but then they realize there is this mirror or not a mirror. There's another Island of mutants that were from a millennia ago, stuck behind this dimensional gateway. But, like this crossover is about them having to meet and fight it out one-on-one with a sword of each choosing, which sounds really mundane as a premise. Uh, People were saying they were expecting like it just to be mortal combat, but it actually ends up being like Mario party because (laughs) the person running the, the lady running the tournament is suddenly like who can drink more. I'll give you a point. And so it's Wolverine and like everybody drinking and like having a thing. Then there's like a, a, a contest where Wolverine and this other killer from this other island look into a mirror and they see the souls of everyone they've ever killed in their life. And don't blink. Yeah, don't blink and don't look away. And the first person to do that. So like the other guy's not crying, but Wolverine is seeing everybody he's killed and he's crying, but he's not looking away. And, like, that's one of the contests. And we're meant to think, like, the contests are just going to be sword fights throughout the whole thing, which would be boring. Uh, but it definitely turns into, like, uh, who can eat the most? You know? Yeah. Like, okay, great. 
And right. It's really, I think it, it ends up being cool. really cool, really interesting. Um, they do a lot of like deep continuity stuff in it. So I was really, really pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it was going to be that good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any other genres or mediums that you guys, uh, Jillian and Ryan, like uh, uh, really enjoyed uh, in 2020? I don't know how you guys were spending your time. Uh, me, it's mostly comic books, movies, TV. But like, yeah, we almost had too many podcasts. Things. Podcasts. Yeah. Any really cool albums come out this year? This year or last year? This year. Any cool albums come out? I guess 2020. <laughs> yeah, so what year is this? Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Go raid somebody. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot. <laughs> Just because, like, yeah. you know, especially musicians, I think, without being able to tour, you know, they're in their home studios and they're letting stuff go. I mean, Taylor Swift put out, what, five different albums? Did she really? Uh, two, two, I think, last year. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Were they good? They, they were good, yeah. Well, oh, did you not like it, Jolene? Oh, I haven't listened to them. I, I oh, okay. one of her albums on vinyl that was a gift to me from my boss, but I I am not, I don't <laughs> care one way or the other about Taylor Swift. Oh. Like, she's uh, fine. I've, I've loved Taylor Swift since the beginning. Uh, and so I've kind of been with her through, like she was a country, then she went to pop. But these last two albums, which she considers like a two-parter type thing, they're they're her folk. Uh, it's her folk album, so it's folksy and it's 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 uh, a little bit different. I, I like guess. the first album better than the second. I forget what the tree. I didn't know you were a Swifty. That's so. Okay. <laughs> uh, teardrops on my guitar. I think was the first song i i uh, i heard of her but yeah i well my goal is i i i i want to i want to i want to date her yes i want to be one of her ex-boyfriends and she'll write a song about me and uh uh no that's sir. Good. you write your own song you no. break your own heart you can do it yourself you don't no, i you're swift I want, I want it though. <laughs> I, I don't need her. Uh, I want her to write a song about me, you know? Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the goal. One day, one day when she expands her taste, um, you know, a little bit. She kind of dates the same guy over and over again. Dating um, men. Huh? Wait, what'd you say? She might not be dating men or just men. But, uh, that's true. Also, uh, people have have, uh, have have speculated, but currently she has a boyfriend. I don't know who the boyfriend is, but you know, <laughs> some piece of shit, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need her to get done with enough guys that I can like come in. Like people used to say that about Jennifer Lopez. You guys remember back when Jennifer Lopez was getting married and then like divorced, right? Wasn't she like going? There was like something about Jennifer Lopez back in the day. We're talking '90s, early 2000s. But uh, at a certain point, we all become Jennifer Lopez's husband. You know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I've heard a statistic that 15% of American men will will marry Jennifer Lopez in their lifetimes. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, Pyra Ouroboros said, "I think Foo Fighters just released a new album." Mm -hmm. uh, uh, luckily so, for you, luckily for you, Tom, this is a music podcast. We talk about all the crazy hits. Uh, this, uh, 
with all the crazy albums. Wait, yeah, I sent you a, a whole now? list of comic book it events did. that happened this year. So many things happened. So like you were saying about like the comics kind of backing up and everything getting released all at once, Empire had that kind of amazing thing happen where it was going to be an entire summer, right, of Empire. And they ended oh. up just, just kind of condensing it into two months. Which I was like, oh, thank, like, this is, I want every event to be like this now, where you get a new issue of the main series every single week, and you don't have to, like, it doesn't have to drag out. Death Metal, how long is Death Metal? Six issues? It's been going for ten fucking years. Like, Death Metal is so interminable. Am I wrong? It's not that bad. Yeah, I don't think it's been. It's not bad, it's just. It's, it's just there's like, so many one shots, and I feel yeah. like they'll skip months and be like, "I'll just throw out the one shot this this week uh, for right. this aspect of it or that aspect that aspect of it," and it's not front right. of mind. So it's right. like it doesn't feel like the whole universe is like, "Oh, we're going through this death metal thing." It kind yeah. of makes me wonder when in continuity death metal happens because all of these other stories are going on right joker war has gone on uh yeah. nightwing has lost his memory and got it back all of, you know house of l happened all of these different storylines happen in dc and death metal has been going on for six months but it's such a huge universe shattering thing i'm like when does this take place i have no idea yeah, well, what's the weird thing about DC Universe right now is they're going to do, like, or the DC comic book universe, is they're going to do, like, a reboot, kind of, after this death metal mega right, crossover, you know? I was, and, I was but like, much happier with this Endless Winter thing because yeah. it was two issues, it had a bunch of crossover, like, one-shot issues. Yeah. It was, like, two issues, but it was, like, eight issues. It was like eight issues. one-shots and, like, whatever, yeah. It was, it was all written by the same team. By yeah. the way, so they didn't. So like, Flash didn't have to like interrupt their story to do an Endless Winter tie-in. Ron Mars and and Dan was it Dan Abnett? Ron Mars and Dan Abnett like jumped in and wrote that issue of Flash this month, and then they wrote yeah. this issue of Teen Titans this month. So it's one, it's one unit, which is really cool. Yeah. And they got it out of the way. It's done in two months, and like we're right. done. And Death Metal just keeps fucking going. Right. Uh, DC Future State will probably be very similar. It's two months, and then they start a new continuity-ish of DC. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Like, Black Adam is going to join the Justice League. I know that, you know, that's going to happen. Has he been on the Justice League before? He's definitely been on the Justice Society before, right? Justice Society, yeah. That's the thing. He, like, flip-flops. Is he a villain? Is he not? I mean, he is, but he's an anti-hero. He does his own thing. Do y'all yeah. think that with comic books and movie franchising happening that they are starting to introduce characters to each other in the comic book series in order to prep for movies to be made? Oh, yeah. Well, with DC with DC stuff, now they're they're doing a Wonder Girl TV show for CW. They're prepping that based off of the Wonder Girl from Future State. And then, which is going to go... Which hasn't been introduced yet. Yeah, she hasn't. So they're doing the show before even they've introduced the character. They're doing a show on Naomi, who has only been around maybe two years in comics. She's on Young Justice now. Uh, but they're doing a CW show there. And she's joining, then, she's joining Justice League now. She is joining Justice League, yeah. Uh, and then HBO Max, because of HBO Max... Now they're thinking for every like DC movie that they're going to do, they're going to do some spinoffs. So 
They have Peacemaker, which is being filmed right now, which spins off of the Suicide Squad movie. Then they have, they're planning on doing a Gotham TV show based out of the the Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. But they're also thinking about doing a Catwoman spinoff with Zoe Kravitz. So like HBO Max, they're saying like they could be just be doing a bunch of DC related series on HBO Max. I think they still all have trouble finding an industry job. I don't understand. (laughs) There's too many TV Uh, shows. I can't find a PA PA gig, you know? (laughs) They did with the Harley Quinn cartoon. So good. It was so good. Was that 2020? Do we want to talk about 2020 or? uh, I, I have, uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about Harley Quinn. Let's I say, had... let's say it did. Because one of the great things about HBO Max's launch, and I think a lot of people are like, okay, it's, I don't know that, that people like the website format super well, but right. the fact that they brought all of those original shows that were happening on DC Universe, and now people like me, I have access to it. I was never going to buy DC Universe, but now that it's on this wider thing that includes everything HBO and TCM and all of these different things, like now I'm I'm in. I'm down to watch Harley Quinn and Doom Patrol and Not Teen Titans, and you know I uh, I, I I checked out Young Justice season three. It was not good. That's Do you like it? Okay. I, I love the Young Justice cartoon. Like I season two is so good. Yeah, season three was was a little bit of a letdown, but I'm fine with it. And I'm like season four will be great. Okay, great. You know? I don't believe you. <laughs> believe me. Believe me. Season three was it's not that it was bad, it's that it was so bad. <laughs> really? It was really bad. Oh, Okay, whatever. All right, I'm not here to. I'm not here to make friends, Gil. I'm not here. I'm here to run a show. Hey, look, you okay? want to? I know, I know. I'm the guy who doesn't gatekeep. Um, <laughs> but if you like Young Justice, then that means no. I'm kidding. Um, no, I was just so happy that there's so many things, and you know, here we are at January second. Batman the Animated Series is on HBO right. Max now. Yeah. Right. Uh. Part of me is like, should I watch episode by episode and do a review? I get all these ideas for the king, and I'm like, oh no. If I had a staff, I could be like, hey, you intern, this is a good job for you. Yeah. Blog about it, each it is entirely out of order, though. That's what annoys me. Is it? Yeah, Why? I mean, the, yeah. yeah, the first the first season is like sixty episodes, but all of like the part ones and part twos are not next to each other. So I'm like, something's wrong. Not that it has like such strict continuity, but right. you know, I'm going to go in and I'm going to watch my favorites. That's what I'm like. I don't need to see, you know, hard act again. I, I'm here to see uh fucking heart of ice, feet of clay, two face, uh, Robin's reckoning. Like I'm, I'm there for like my top 10 episodes and like, I'm good. I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Batman beyond is also there. Were you not a fan of Batman beyond? I'm such an old guy. I'm like, I want to see Batman. Yeah, you are. You are. I don't don't need to see Spider-Man in a Batman costume. Like, that's what I have Spider-Man for. I I grew up with Batman Beyond and Batman the Anime Series. Like, they were very formative to me. Uh, uh, I want a flying car. But, I mean, who doesn't, you know? A flying Batmobile. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan? Do, do I want a flying Batmobile? I mean, I've, do you I've, want a flying Batmobile? Yes, yes, yeah. 
You have it. There we go. Your there wish go. has come true. <laughs> but but it runs on gas, and when it runs out, it crashes. That's that's the that's the that's uh, the trade off. It's a regular car, but it flies. But if it doesn't fly, you die. That's the trade off. That's the trade off. Uh, that's what also like a regular car. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, uh, while we wrap this up, does anyone have uh, any uh, closing uh, thoughts? Anyone want to make a definitive best of 2020? Anyone want to? The Boys. Like, uh, the Boys was excellent. Be- like best TV show of 2020 was The Boys? Yeah. I, well, I, I love, uh, is it John Enos, the, uh, the preacher guy, the writer, same person, right? Uh, Garth Ennis. Yeah. Garth Ennis. Yes, there we go. I'm not great with names, guys. Yeah. Um, it's all right. But yeah, so I, I, I love that there was something to fill the hole that my heart had from Preacher. And I was not expecting boys to be as well done as it was. And so I'm, I'm very, very pleased with that show. Yeah. I, I hate the boys comic. The comic okay. is trash and garbage to me. And I keep trying to read it again. And I've given up now. I've done it like five times. And I get a little bit further every time to read it. But it's pure trash. But the boys show is like this weird frat boy outside with like an actual smart satire on the inside. Uh-huh. Okay. So sort of, like sort, of sort of like Fight Club. Like the people who get it, get it. And everyone right. else is going to put up posters in the room and jack off to Tyler Durden. <laughs> right exactly exactly the the boys the boys the show is smart satire garth ennis does not do smart satire i don't think so but i don't think anything he's doing is satirical is it is he trying to be he's an edgelord he's just an edgelord yeah That's what it's, you know uh but like uh okay i could i could buy boys season two being best but Mandalorian stuck out big for me. So, yeah. and I cried at that final episode. So, uh, yeah. But there wasn't a montage. Oh. I cry for other things. It's not just a montage <laughs> that I cry for. It's like, if somebody if somebody punches you in the face, you don't cry because it's not a montage. Well, montage remember that, that all editing is technically montage. Thank you. You know, considering you're not seeing every moment of a person's day, you are tech, every TV show, every narrative is right. theoretically a montage. Right. Okay. FX dramas love to use the montage for all of their dramatic shows. Like Sons of Anarchy always had uh, a montage at the end of every episode to try to pull at those heartstrings with some sort of a cover that's not as good as the original. Right. Um, <laughs> Speaking of FX, I watched You're the Worst. I binged like four seasons of You're the Worst. Oh man, are you okay? <laughs> I had to take that show in like in bites. My my buddy Philippe got co-writing credit on that episode that went viral that everyone was like went crazy about a couple years ago where she reveals that she's bipolar. Oh. Okay. Um yeah. he got co-writing credit on that. It was it was huge. It, it was everywhere. Because it was one of those first shows that really talked about mental health in that kind of way yeah i still Uh, haven't seen the last season of it i i got to the third season the end of the third season i'm like i maybe one episode at a time i can't do two three episodes of that at a time i just want to say there are certain episodes to or certain shows not or certain episodes of certain shows not to watch with a significant other uh (laughs) for example when i was with my ex 
uh, we watched um, uh, Family Man. No. Uh, uh, what's the Aziz? What's the Aziz show? Um, oh, sure, Master of None. Master of None. We watched the first season, and I don't know if you remember how that season ends, but it ends with like the main, like him and his girlfriend breaking up because they have no future. Uh, like after that episode, we watched we watched it together. We had to have like a really big talk, and <sighs> so uh, there, like I feel like you're the worst is very similar in that sense. Yeah, TV you know? shows should not affect your real lives. It makes you think. It makes. You I know think. it makes you think, but sometimes it skews how you think. Right. Right. Uh, my best of this year, just like it has been for the last twenty-two years, is Star Trek: Deep <laughs> Space Nine, and uh, everyone should. Yeah, I'm really happy. This. I mean, look, I'm not. This year was terrible for many reasons. Uh, I think I made the best of it. I have. Um, uh, I have consumed so much great media. I, I read through Lord of the Rings for the first time in 20 years. It was great. I got a ton out of it. I watched the extended editions again recently. Uh, I think I've been doing it the best way that anyone has. I think I've done the best quarantine that anyone could have done. So watch Deep Space Nine. If you haven't yeah. already, that's my recommendation for everybody yeah. uh, of all time. There's so many f- Facebook posts recently about what should I watch, and I'm just always. I, one day I'm going to release a whole essay on like the whole thing. But I have an email from you about which Star Trek episodes to watch. Are you looking at it right now? I'm trying to find it. <laughs> uh, as we as we uh, uh, wrap up this episode, uh, I want to thank anyone out there who's been watching or anyone who is uh, listening in perpetuity. I think I'm using that right. Uh, in, in, I don't, in the, whatever, in the future. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you guys, Jillian, Dill, Ryan, uh, for coming on the show and talk to, talking to me. Uh, this year was a blur. Uh, I, I Again, having those weekly shows helped me go week by week. It's been this many weeks, whatever. Um, and like, it's been cool. It's cool to bring back the key live, uh, to talk about these topics. Um, uh, uh, you know, cause we stopped doing that for a little bit, but, uh, uh, if you guys, uh, Jillian, uh, what do you, what do you have planned for this year? Uh, what, where can people find you? All that good stuff. <laughs> Um, well, you can find me on social media as Hippie Jill, H-I-P-P-I-E-J-I-L-L. Uh, and this year, I just have, you know, domination. Like, I'm just going to take it. <laughs> Are we dominating? I'm going to, yeah, we're all going to dominate. We're going to take it and we're going to dominate it. So that's what's Everybody take it to the top. <laughs> <laughs> you ever show up to a party and everybody's uh, a dom and nobody's a sub? I don't know. That's my favorite party. <laughs> you do, you do what I'm gonna tell you. What I'm telling you. No, you do what I'm telling you. Uh, okay, okay. So continue, continue. continue. Um, uh, Gil, what do you, what do you got coming up? Do you have anything planned? Is, is it too early to plan? I don't know. Never too early. If you know me, you know that I'm always. On to the next thing. Uh, the big thing for us and our show. So obviously you can follow me, GJ Barron. I'm right uh, down below. Um, is our show, Your Late Night, and our other show, Setflix. We have both moved from the Pack Theater 
to the Nowhere Comedy Club. So you can check out the entire calendar of shows at NowhereComedyClub.com uh, and buy tickets there. We have the next episode of Setflix is this coming Friday night. So please come and check it out. We have Christina Catherine Martinez is going to be judging Setflix. Setflix is a game show. It's super, super funny. We have Danielle Perez on this week. We have Lizzie Cooperman is on this week and Ari Stidham from Scorpion. It's going to be a huge, huge show. And the next host of Your Late Night, I'm going to give you guys the exclusive. Uh, Danielle Perez is hosting Your Late Night uh, this month on Nowhere Comedy Club. It's going to be January 15th. Um, her guest is, right now we only have one guest booked. It is the great, uh, amazing drag queen Meatball. So come and check it out. It's going to be super crazy funny. We are working on another special guest. Um, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell I'll tell you guys off air. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and Ryan, uh, what do you got coming up? Uh, this, is, this is 2021 right now. All right. 2021. Perfect vision. I think that's what they say. Um, uh, well, it, it kind of sucks that I have to go after, after Gil just gave all of the great things happening in his life. All say, man. It's like, it's like we were in show and tell and he brought like the crown jewels and I'm standing to go next, like with an old potato in my hand. Like that's literally what just happened. Um, uh, you can, I'm actually getting off of social media. Uh, I'm getting rid of all of my social media except for Instagram. Um, because I can't take it anymore and it's taking too much of my life and I'm, you know, not a resolution thing. I'm just trying to get a little more mentally healthy and social media doesn't help that. And then um, just writing, man, I, 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 I sold a couple things last year. I'm working with national lampoon this year, which if you guys didn't know is back. Um, yeah. And, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's just getting, you know, getting something that I've written made. That's, that's been the goal for the last few years and still the goal for 2021. So hopefully this pandemic can end fast enough that shit can go into production. All right. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys for coming on the show and uh, uh, tell, you know, talking about uh, whatever the hell we talked about for two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody who are watching, who are listening. Please give us a like, give us a follow, whatever you're watching this on. Um, help us out. Uh, this is the first episode of season. It's season two of the Keeg Live, but it's technically season six of the Keeg. Uh, and so, uh, in two weeks, we'll be back with a DC versus Marvel movies uh, panel, and we're going to talk about like how can things get better and whatnot. And uh, I'll be bringing on some pretty uh, exclusive TikTok uh, guests onto the show including Darth Chaco, who, uh, he's a star, he's a Star Wars TikToker, um, but Darth Ch Chaco will be on the show, talk about DC versus Marvel. We're going to get a lot of some other people too. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, wa watch this show every Saturday, except for the next two Saturdays, because uh, I'm doing a POC, I'm doing a POC uh, show of Friends, a Friends episode. Um, and uh, we're doing that in two weeks. So it's a POC cast friends episode. I will be, be there to watch. Chandler. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be super cool. Be Chandler? Uh, but I'm going to be Chandler. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And it's one of the earlier, it's one of the earlier episodes. So like, it's so, like beginning yeah. Chandler. <laughs> Could you be yeah. a better Chandler? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have problematic? I'm going to try. 
Derive what? Is there problematic language with, with your episode? Because Chandler used to say a lot of like derogatory F slang for a gay person and R words. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I took that into account when I was adapting the, the, the script. And there, for the most part, it's word for word, except for there's a joke that I'm like, eh. So I kind of rewrite it. Okay. So there won't be anything. So yes, I won't be pushing forward anything problematic that was written in the past. I kind of changed a little bit and pushed it forward. Uh, but yeah, Can't yeah, wait. I figured that was that was fair, you know. Uh, but thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, hopefully you stick with us. We're all on social media, so uh, uh, stay tuned with all that. Once again, Jillian, Ryan, Gil, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you, the audience, for watching. Once again, let me prep this. Once again, I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, and this has been The Keeg Live. Take care, guys.